Please open your Bibles this morning. Proverbs chapter 27 and the first verse. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1. The wise man, by the inspiration of the infinitely wise God, gave us this piece of advice. This commandment. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. There is a way to be prepared to die. And that is, boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The way to prepare to die is to live every day for him. That is a man prepared to die. We do not know when death is going to come to each of us. So we can live each day for him. And death will never surprise us. And we can meet him with confidence and with joy and in righteousness. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. When I mentioned last night, I was told last night first that my cousin, whom I played with as a child many times, who was the son of another Baptist preacher, my father's brother, had died. I realized that Proverbs 27.1 was as good for me as it was for anyone else. Had died three days ago. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I find it very valuable in the word of God that he created days. And he created those days as a section of time that we can manage by his grace. Time longer than a day is too much. He's asking us to obey him today. And so today I want to give you a sermon and I want to teach you and show you from the word of God the wisdom of God for our lives, that all he is asking from you and from me is to obey him right now. He does not care about yesterday in the sense that he cares about today. You should confess it and forget it. He doesn't care about the fact that you've squandered many years of your life. He cares about today. Let's give him today. I have recently preached sermons, The Bible Cannot Profit. Because having the Bible, believing it's God's word, being able to defend it, being able to show that Elhanan killed Goliath in every other modern version is not enough. We need to obey the Bible. Right. I preach to you starting over, which is the forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ to have a clean slate whenever we have sinned so that we can maintain fellowship with God. I have preached to you about being spiritually minded. I have preached to you about seeking God's face. The last two being the sermons from last Sunday. When do we put those into practice? Do we hear those and we think, I ought to do that? To reason that way is to boast of tomorrow. To think that you ought to do that is to boast of tomorrow because you're presuming that you have more time. In that statement, there is contained an assumption, which is a presumption, which is tempting the Lord. And the warning is, don't boast of tomorrow. 
because you don't know what a day is going to bring forth. How do we actually get started? My dear sisters and my dear brothers, how do we get started in being the God, walking with God and living in spiritual communion with Jesus Christ, victorious, righteous lives for the rest of our lives? How do we do it? We start today. And we do all today that God convicts us of. And we do it right now. We don't even presume on the rest of today. We do it now. In our hearts, we ask God to search us and examine us and to try us. And whatever comes up short of the standard of God's holy word, we ask Him to forgive it, forgive us and we repudiate it and get it out of our hearts and we commit today to serve Him. If I were to warn you, about some small carnal danger, like a car accident, or that something you're eating is going to cut your life short by 10 years, you would appreciate the warning and the one who brought it. But I wouldn't waste your time with something so insignificant as 10 years on your natural life. We're dealing with our souls and pleasing the living God. And I believe that most in this church want to have that walk with God and to be perfect before Him. And that's what I'm dealing with. I want you to see in the Word of God that He's told us how to be perfect before Him, and that's to make each day perfect. He's not worried about tomorrow, and you shouldn't worry about tomorrow. Your mind is not big enough for tomorrow. The evil today is great enough for your soul to be able to try to live for Him today. And so I want to arrest your attention this morning Are you going to live for Him today? My simple point is this simple. All you ought to do to serve the Lord fully, do it today. In fact, do it right now. In fact, hurry. We are all procrastinators by nature. Especially in the things of the Spirit. Because our flesh wars against the things of the Spirit. There is a warfare to put those things off. May God help us. Look at James chapter 4. I hope you'll remember Proverbs 27 and verse 1. I'll probably quote it a few more times before we finish. But let's go to James now and see that that boasting that Proverbs 27 and verse 1 described is actually sin. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And I don't think there's hardly a soul in here that would say, I know I'm going to live tomorrow. I'm going to live for another 10 years. There's no one in here that's guilty of boasting of tomorrow. I'm going to show you how you boast in just a second. I've already given you one example. If you do not do something as a result of this sermon, and if I don't, and if I haven't already, that we're boasting of tomorrow. Amen. James chapter 4 and verse 13. Go to now. That's an attention getter. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Now there's a person who has figured out what he's going to sell, where he's going to sell it, and what time frame he's going to give his business plan. Now that sounds intelligent, and that sounds naturally wise. Go to now. He's addressing people that talk that way and that think that way. 
why would you say such a thing, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow? There's the same wisdom from Proverbs 27.1. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. That last verse is a general rule. Once you have been taught something that you didn't know before, if you don't do it, it's a sin. We call those sins of omission because we're told to do something and we don't do it. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, a positive thing that we ought to do, and we don't do it, we've omitted something and we're sinning. That's the general rule. But notice by its context, it's telling us to live life one day at a time because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So it's the same wisdom of Proverbs 27.1, and it tells us that it's sin to presume on tomorrow. You don't have a clue as to what's going to happen tomorrow. Not a clue. Things are going to surprise every one of us tomorrow. We do not know what a day is going to bring forth. And death may surprise one of us. But brethren, if we're living for the Lord Jesus Christ today, and we get up tomorrow and look up like Psalm 5.3, can death surprise us? No. Brethren, if our hearts are right with the Lord, we'll be looking forward to it. It'll be a relief, and we'll shout as we go on the way, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and taking me out of that place. You ask, do you always feel that way, Pastor? No. But I always feel that way when I spend time on my knees in the morning, and I look up. And you two that are going to get married, you don't know what's going to come tomorrow. One of you two could get cancer. And the other could spend many years tending to a very sick spouse. You do not know. Don't make any presumptions about the future. Serve God today. And all the rest of us as well. Life is incredibly short. Do you believe that? Look at Job chapter 7. My cousin that I used to play games with and chase around in the state of Pennsylvania is dead. You know people that have died that you have known. Let's look at the book of Job and just very quickly remind ourselves what the Bible teaches us because I'm to give you the wisdom of God. Job 7 and verse 6, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Have I given you that verse before? Yes. A weaver's shuttle moves very fast on a loom. Job 7, 6, that's how Job's life was racing away from him. And I was told as a child by parents and grandparents, the older you get, the faster it goes. And I, you know, as a child, what do you say as a child when you hear that? Time goes at the same pace that it always has. (laughs) I know that the clock seems to indicate that time should go at the same pace that it always has. But the older I get, the faster it goes. And wisdom was taught to me by those that were older than me. Look at Job chapter 9, verse 25. Now my days are swifter than a post. There's the Pony Express. 
delivering mail as fast as they could. They flee away. They see no good. They are passed away as the swift ships, as the eagle that hasteth to the prey. An eagle hasting to the prey rises to a great height, folds its wings in, goes into a dive, and can hit 150 or more miles per hour as it approaches its prey. And Job uses that as an illustration by the inspiration of God to point out that's how fast life goes. You, you probably haven't ever seen an eagle at 150 miles an hour. It's fast. As it comes down and hits a rabbit and blows it apart and grabs it in a field before it has a chance to even move, that is fast. And you say, can it see it going that fast? An eagle can see a mouse in a field of grass at a quarter of a mile in height. That's what God made the eagle to do. But it's fast, and so is our life. It races away from us. We boast of tomorrow. The warning is, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Don't boast about tomorrow. Now, none of you are going to say, I know I'm going to live tomorrow. I know I'm going to live another number of years. Here's how we boast. If you say right now, or as a result of this sermon, I want to seek the Lord, and I'm going to do it. You are boasting of tomorrow. Not boasting of tomorrow would do it. Not say, I know I ought to seek the Lord, I'm going to do it. When are you going to do it? Because you aren't doing it, you're presuming on time. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Don't hear me and say, I want to have a life like that. I want to walk with God as the pastor describes. I want to have the fellowship and be spiritually minded that he's been preaching the last few weeks. Don't say, I want that. Don't say, that's good. Don't say, I intend to do that. Do it. How do you do it? Humble yourself right now while I'm preaching and ask God to forgive you for being so lethargic, for being so carnal, and commit to him right now that you're going to seek him with your whole... There is no other way to serve the Lord. And I don't get you, but a couple of times on Sunday, if you're sitting on Tuesday and you're reading your Bible or you're praying or you're not doing either of those things and a thought comes into your mind reminding you that you ought to be serving the Lord, do it right then. Yes, I've preached this before, but I'm going to make it my theme for this morning. Do it right then. If you have to go out to the parking lot and get in your car and get right with God, do it. If you have to close your office door and get right with the Lord right there, do it. If you have to go to the restroom and hide in a stall because you want to be alone, do it. If you need to go home from work, go home from work. Because to postpone it in the least way is to boast of tomorrow. You're presuming you have time. We boast of tomorrow if you have any thoughts that sound like this. That's all well and good. Yes, I think he's preaching the Bible, but I'm just not ready yet. Yet? You're not ready? Boast not thyself of tomorrow. What do you mean you're not ready yet? Get ready. Didn't I preach to you a couple of weeks ago how easy it is to get ready? He is so merciful. His ways are not our ways. Your way is thinking that you have to do a month of penance. His way is come to me. Confess your sins. I'll forgive you and you can start over. You can be ready. Amen. And do it right now. Right. Do all of you know what I'm talking about when you know that you have a sin in your life? 
you've had a negative spirit. You haven't been joyful. You've said something that has cut someone. You're angry with a brother without a cause. You've looked at something you shouldn't have. You've allowed a lust. You've been slothful. You haven't prayed or read. Do you all understand that when that thought comes into your heart, that that exists in your life, that sin? What do you do with it at that moment? That's what you ought to do for sure. But you know what we do? Well, you're right. I should be doing better. Will you follow with? Now here, I'm exposing myself because I'm talking about the heart of man. But I'm going to trust the word of God that tells me as a face looks pretty similar to the face in the water, so the heart of man to man. I'm going to trust the word of God. I have within me a little procrastinating device called my flesh that will make me feel pretty good spiritually in its idea of being spiritually minded, that I recognize my sin. You recognize it. That's good. You're a pretty holy guy. You are walking with the Lord. You need, you need to get right sometime. You need to think about correcting that situation. You know, you ought not to be doing, that's the spirit sometimes talking, but I put them off. You know, you ought to take care of that matter right now. Yes, I should but I'll wait for a more convenient season. Do you know who said those words? Felix. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, I know the heart of man answers to mine. He trembled. Felix trembled as the Apostle Paul reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. A Roman governor, Felix, uh, Felix, trembled. Acts 24, 25. He trembled And he said, he stopped Paul, and he said, I'll call for you again when I have a convenient season. Was he boasting of tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Indeed. Was he ever going to get a convenient season? Maybe. Maybe not. So how do we do it? When you feel that conviction, I want to tell you something. If you ever think about a sin in your life, and you recognize it as a sin and you have a little word inside of you that is saying, that is wrong, and you should correct it, I want to tell you where it came from. It came from the Spirit of the living God who is talking to your new man. It does not come from anywhere else. Your flesh never, ever says those words to you. My flesh says to me, in response to that voice, that's right. You need to correct that. You'll, you'll get to it, and you know you will. That's boasting of tomorrow. Amen. My whole point today to you, and my whole point to me, but I've been working at this, is when I hear that voice, when I hear that voice, go do it right then. Right, right then. Right. Do you know what happens if I hesitate for even a few seconds? The phone will ring. A new thought will enter my mind from whatever I'm working on, and I'll forget the conviction. The devil will snatch it away because I've given him place because I've allowed something to exist between God and me. I'll lose the conviction. It'll dissipate. So we do it right then. And if you do it right then, you get more and more sensitive to that voice. You get more and more sensitive to the Word of God. The faster you react... And your fellowship is less interrupted with God, and it's a smoother, more blessed 
relationship with him. We boast of tomorrow when we say, my goal is to be this or that. And it's a spiritual goal. My goal is to be a better husband. My goal is to be a better wife. My goal is to be a better child. My goal is to be a better worker. When we say my goal is to be this or that, but a day can't hurt, you're presuming that you'll have tomorrow so that you can give up today. A day won't hurt because I'll, oh no, you're boasting of tomorrow, brethren. We boast of tomorrow when you say, why is the pastor so worked up on living right? It's the most important thing for your life. And for you to even think that means that you think you're doing fine and you've got lots of time. I know one thing, if you knew that Jesus Christ was coming tomorrow to meet you and you had a little glimpse of what it was going to be like, you'd want me to preach on holy living and his mercy. But his mercy is for those that are living holy lives. That's the evidence that we have, that his mercy is for us. Is that all he can preach? What about doctrine? You're presuming that you have time to hear about holy living later. You're boasting of tomorrow. I do need to do something about that area of my life. I do need? Then do it. If you do need, then do it. Don't even talk that way. Do not let your flesh raise any discussions like that in your heart. If you feel any conviction or you hear anything from the Word of God or you read it, drop down to your knees. And if you're embarrassed to do it right now, then do it in your hearts. Right now, while, while I'm preaching. Amen. I can do it while I'm preaching. Can you do it while you're listening? How do you know tomorrow you'll be convicted? You know, when we boast, when we make any presumption in our thoughts that we've got more time, how do you know tomorrow you'll be convicted? You do not know that. So the thought that I will confess this tomorrow, thank you, Lord, for convicting me. I will confess this tomorrow. That's a fleshly response. How do you know you'll be convicted tomorrow? 99 times out of 100 you'll forget it tomorrow. And you'll lose your conviction. How how do you know you'll do it tomorrow? Do not let Satan deceive you by God's mercy in the past. You say, God's been merciful to me in the past. If you let him deceive you, you're going to presume on tomorrow. I've lived all these days in the past, and I know that I've had many unconfessed sins back there in all these days in the past. What's so important about today? Oh, you're presuming on God's mercy in the past, that it's going to continue unabated in the future? God forbid, boast not thyself of tomorrow. Boast not thyself. Make this personal, brethren. Don't be thinking about anyone else. Be thinking about yourselves. For the whole matter of your soul stands before God. How you are living and how he wants us to live is to give him today. If I could preach to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, I'd tell you the same thing. But that isn't what's important. What's important is for you to get the lesson today that he wants this day. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. I could go on for a long time giving you all the excuses that my flesh raises to procrastinate in spiritual things. I got to get better before he'll hear me. The ones I mentioned in starting over. I got to give him a few good days then he'll forgive me. He's not going to forgive at all at the end of those days. Because if you come with any of your own righteousness, 
He's not going to forgive. Do you know how he wants us to come? With all of our sins, ugly and bare. Because that's what Jesus Christ died for. He didn't die for the righteous. He died for sinners. He didn't die for the doctors of the law. He died for the harlots. He wants us to come ugly and bare. Claiming nothing but pure mercy. And he forgives. He is faithful and he is just to forgive. Amen. I'm presuming on tomorrow to think that I'm going to give him a few good days. And I'm also presuming on his mercy because I'm trying to come with my own righteousness. On both counts, I'm unforgiven. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And this morning I'm speaking to those who I hope desire to seek first the kingdom of God. And if that is true, then seek it right now in your hearts. And tell the Lord, show me your kingdom. Let me see your kingdom. Let me be part of your kingdom. Be king of my life and my heart and my thoughts, and my words. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. His righteousness. Isn't that what we read in Psalm 5, verse 8? Lead me in thy righteousness because of my enemies. Make thy path straight before my face. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, the things that take up most of our thoughts. Our priorities, 99% of the time, are not correct. We have to work. That isn't the issue. You can work and be thinking about the Lord. You can be think. You can, you can be working, putting in a windshield, and be doing it to the glory of God. It's how you treat the customer, how you treat the boss that sent you there, and how you're treating the piece of glass that's going into the car, and how you treat the car that's receiving the piece of glass. It can all be done to the glory of God, thanking God for the health to do it, the beautiful sun that's shining upon you, and living in a country that has cars to repair. I mean, the list could go on and on. I just gave you a few. All of it can be done to the glory of God. And Lord, I know when this finishes, I've got to go to such and such a place, and there's always such and such a temptation there. Give me strength, Lord, as I go face that temptation. Make your way straight before my face in your righteousness. Now that's seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness while you're putting in a piece of glass. The Crosbys have taught for the last seven years with a great deal of influence from my father because it's what I've witnessed all my life. You can make a sandwich to the glory of God. What if it was Jesus of Nazareth out there in that dining room that was going to eat this sandwich? Does the mustard get applied in four rings of one quarter inch width, which is what Schlotzky says they ought to be for the perfect sandwich? Yes. Or do you do a little doodad? You know, because you're cool. That's carelessness. And all of a sudden, you're no longer seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness first. To do it the right way. Do you say, could you think about every sandwich that you were doing it for the Lord? Why not? What are you thinking about? What you're going to do with the money that you're making? Oh, that customer that you just saw through the window? Somebody hurt your feelings earlier this morning when they made a joke about you and you want to get revenge? What are you thinking about? We can seek first his kingdom and his righteousness all the day long in all that we do. And we can start right now. You can start right now by saying, Lord, I'm tempted to go to sleep. I'm tempted not to appreciate this sermon. Take those foolish thoughts away from me. Open up my heart and my mind and let me consider thee and do not let me hesitate with your conviction. 
Search me, O God, and know me. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And do it right now. And then look at these verses. Verse 34, take no thought for the morrow. That's tomorrow. Don't take any thought for tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Now, is that an absolute prohibition that you can't think at all about tomorrow? No. no, it's not an absolute prohibition. The Bible always makes strong statements like this without explaining them because it expects you to have some sanctified common sense. Now, its words are, don't take any thought for the morrow. Well, does that mean that we're going to run around and not go to bed on time, not get up on time, and not make any preparations for tomorrow? No, no because we're supposed to have sanctified common sense. The warning is to be preoccupied with tomorrow because we should be preoccupied with the kingdom of God and his righteousness sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof if we let ourselves start worrying about tomorrow because we're worrying about today and tomorrow it's too much so we're vulnerable to temptation because all we can do is give the Lord today I can't give him tomorrow today Don't be too concerned about tomorrow. There's plenty of evil today for you to overcome. But you can overcome it today. Don't be too concerned about tomorrow. You say, well, if I didn't think a whole lot about tomorrow, I wouldn't have all the things that I need. Oh, you missed verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. A spiritually minded man is going to be taken care of more thoroughly and long before the currently minded man who thinks he's protecting himself. It's the rule of God's word. You try to save your life, you're going to lose it. You lose your life by trusting God. What does it really mean to trust God? It means not to put any trust in yourself. To get it out of yourself and just trust God. I'm not going to do it my way, Lord. I'm only going to do it your way. I can see your way clear enough in the Bible. I'm tempted to do it my way, but I'm going to do it your way. And I'm going to trust you, and he will take care of that man. He'll add all those things to that man that will seek first his kingdom. Satan loves to beat us with the past. Well, I've been such a failure. That's Satan. Jesus forgave it. Jesus forgave it legally, and Jesus washes it away practically. Satan comes along and says, but look at where you've blown it in the past. Do not let that thought enter your heart. Whenever you hear that thought, resist that thought. Put it away. Rebuke that thought. Jesus paid for my past. You are not going to discourage me. That is the devil. That is not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God does not come along beating you for your past if you've confessed it. If you've confessed it, the Spirit of God doesn't bring it up again. It's the devil that's bringing it up. Because Satan loves to beat us with the past because we're not focused on today. We're thinking about history. I've called those people in the past historians because there are certain kinds of people that love to live in the past. God doesn't want us living in the past. He wants us living in the present. It's all under the blood of Jesus Christ. The gospel is is a gospel of liberty. If God were to mark iniquities, none of us could stand. Right. Satan loves to beat us with the past, and he loves to distract us with the future. Both are errors. We're to focus on today. Resist the devil. 
Do not let him discourage you with a lengthy future or depress you with a bad past. The Lord is only asking for today. If you haven't been the wife that you should have been in the past, confess it. It's gone. It's gone. Now what should you do? Be a great wife today. That is what the Lord expects. That's all that he's asking. Isn't that easy? My burden is e- my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Today. Can't we all rejoice today? Amen. You know, go ahead and ask me. Have you always been rejoicing, pastor? I'll tell you. No. But I'll tell you one thing. I am today and you're going to have to really work hard to pull me down. Because all he's looking for is my joy today. And tomorrow, the Lord willing, I'm going to approach the day the same way. Can we all be joyful today? You know, we've, we've seen it in our memory verses, and we saw it in Psalm 5, and we sang it in a hymn. Rejoice, the Lord is king. Amen. Isn't that good enough right there to blow all the clouds away? Amen. The Lord is king. What, in the, what cloud has come between you and the Lord is king today? See, the, the devil will tell you, I'm just not a very joyful person. <laughs> i got a cure for that. Get joyful. Right. You say, joy isn't something that you can just turn on. Yes, it is. Because it flows from the Spirit of God, and all you have to do is confess your sins and think about the good things God has done for us and choose to be joyful, and the strength of joy will flow out of you. Amen. It is a choice. That's the devil. Rejoice evermore. Does it sound like we're supposed to wait for something to grab us? Or does it sound like a commandment? It's what we're to do. It's something we're to do. And the Lord will give the strength. If we confess the fact that we haven't been as joyful as we should be, He will give us the strength to be more joyful. Don't let Satan do that to you. A day is something you can manage, and that's all the Lord's asking for. So start now. Some of you look like joy would hurt your face. And I know I've had that face many times. And you know why I'm able to tell you that? Because God has forgiven me all of it. And when I come into his house, I worship in the multitude of his mercies. Amen. There's no man alive that can stand before God without the mercy of God. Amen. And I'd rather be a sinner saved by grace than a righteous man that doesn't need grace. So, I haven't been as joyful as I should have been all my life, that's for sure. I have a very volatile spirit. But brethren, I'm living one day at a time, and I'm going to try to continue to live that way. Amen. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I need you to turn quickly in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 1, I want to remind you about something. Genesis 1, 5, and God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. God chose an infinite wisdom to give us a period of time called a day. He didn't give us a week, month, or years. He gave us days. And days is what he's at. A day, a singular day, is what he's asking for, brethren. Can we? I can be a good husband for a day. I believe that. I can be a good pastor for a day. I can be a good son for a day. Don't ask me about a week. It's too long today. Today, God made this period of time called a day. Verse 14 of Genesis chapter 1. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. The basic element of time is a day. God chose it. He could, could have chosen 
as I told my children this morning, the MOFAD. I don't know what it is, but he could have chosen the MOFAD that would have been 37 hours long. Now, I get tired at the end of an 18 or 20-hour day, and so I don't think I could have handled a 37-hour day, so he made a 24. He could have not given us days, and the sun would rise and set every seven days, and so we'd have weeks. Oh, what if we had to live righteously for a whole week? Can't do it. It's too big. How do I know that? Because God gave us days, and He chose to create the heavens and the earth one day at a time. And He wants us to live successful, holy lives one day at a time. And there is a whole sermon that could be taught that your flesh would profit from on living that way professionally. But that isn't what I'm going to preach. You people are too good for that because you're the saints of God. And I would rather have you spiritually successful than carnally successful. I've done enough of that preaching in the past in the name of religion. Genesis chapter 5. Hurry, we need to turn to a number of places. If you'll turn fast, we can quit sooner. Genesis 5, 4. In the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years. I just find that language very... Do you think that Moses just made a mistake there and he should have written and the years of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800? Why does it say and the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years? Because we're to live our lives one day at a time. That, that, that section of time called a day is all that God is asking for. We are very limited creatures, brethren. Do I need to turn you to Psalm 39 where it says, teach me, show me my frailty, how weak I am and how frail I am. I hope you already know that. So he gave us time that we can manage by his grace. We can be, we can have great marriages today. Today. Not next week, today. We can come together tonight, a congregation rejoicing in the Lord living in righteousness, walking in holiness, loving one another. We don't have to wait. We can do it for the morning service by doing it right now in our hearts. Hebrews 3. But Nope, don't turn. I'll save you time. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Now that today is the gospel period. But notice what it says about what what kind of exhorting we're to do in that gospel period. Daily. Daily. We need to exhort one another daily, lest... What? What's the danger if we don't do it daily? Any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is so tricky. You do not know when sin comes. It deceives you. You do not know that you are sinning when you are deceived. That's why the Word of God and having it preached is so important for us. We must always go to the Bible. And if there's a verse that tells us we're doing something wrong, it's got to go out. We didn't think of it on our own because we're deceived. But how do we stay from being deceived? Exhorting one another daily. I want you to notice the emphasis in the Word of God on the period of time that He's given us to truly live successful and holy lives. You can never be surprised by death. You can't be surprised by the Lord Jesus Christ coming sooner than you thought He was going to come. You can meet Him victoriously, righteously, boldly, confidently, and looking forward to Him. All we have to do is live today that way. Isn't that easy? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus 
in his prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Is that your perspective? As long as I have bread for today, enough bread to eat, that doesn't mean. Where's the sanctified common sense? Yes, we've got to go to work to have bread for tomorrow. But that isn't to be our thought. Our thought is, Lord, if you'll give me bread today, I'm going to seek first your kingdom. Your will be done in earth, especially in my life, as it is done in heaven. I'll tell you what he'll do if you'll pray that way and live it. He'll take care of your bread tomorrow. All these things will be added unto you. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul said, he's, he's been listing some of his persecutions and troubles. In verse 8, he said, we are troubled on every side. But look what he said in verse 16. For which cause we faint not. For though our outward man perish, though, our, though this body and our flesh is suffering many things, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. God will give us the strength for a day. If we can get up in the morning and say, Lord, this day is yours. I am going to be the husband you want me to be, the father you want me to be, the son you want me to be, the child of God you want me to be. We can do it for a day, and he will give us the strength. We cannot wander through life wondering why we haven't been a success unless we take, and by success I only mean spiritual success. I mean godliness with contentment is great gain. I want to make that clear. That's what I mean by success. The only way we can do it is to live today successfully for Him. Can we all live a godly life with contentment today? Amen. A whole church experiences great gain. Amen. And hopefully you'll remember the lesson tomorrow. And we will get up and I will look up in the morning to get tomorrow started the right way, living that day for Him. The Bible tells us that because of the weakness of our flesh, we are, to, we are to be in the fear of God all the day long. You cannot tell me right now, I promise to fear the Lord for the rest of my life. That's just too much time. But do you know what he asks? To, to be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Proverbs 23 and verse 17. We are to take up our cross daily. daily. There are some crosses that God calls us to bear that are too much if you take a week's worth let alone thinking of the future. Do you know we worry about the future too much? Who cares about the future? It may not even come. And God is going to rescue you from the future if you'll give Him today. Do you believe that? He will rescue you from the future if you'll give Him today. I promise you that on the authority of His Word. We, We all have crosses. And if you focus on that cross and think way out there, I just... Day by day. That is how the Lord works, because He wants today. He's infinitely wise. We cannot deal with the future like that. We can look at some things that look so bleak and so painful that we just want to give up. So we ask for today. And we can do it today. Right. If you were to say to me, can you, can you give me a promise that you will never lust again? Oh, why would I lie to you? Why would I make a promise like that? Is that my intent? Of course. But if you were to ask me, do you think you can make it today with the strength of the Lord without lusting? Yes. It's a different perspective. If I think of the whole rest of my life, if the Lord were to give me another 30 years and to think about lust and how easily the soul is assailed with lust, 
very difficult to deal with that. It's so overwhelming that you almost want to give up. Today, it's like this. Lord, with your help, I'm going to show you how much I love you. With your help, I'm going to show you how much I love you. No less today. Don't get too bold and say, bring on the temptation. <laughs> get bold this way. Lead me not into temptation, Amen. but deliver me from evil. Don't, don't tempt the Lord, but to tell him, you give me strength day by day as I heard preached this morning, I'll give you that strength back by loving you with it. Amen. He'll empower you. You'll take the world for God in a way that counts. And do you know how it counts? Ruling your spirit. Right. Ruling, ruling your spirit. The man that rules the spirit is greater than the man that takes a city. Amen. If you see too much pain or you see too much temptation, both of those are crosses in our lives, don't think about the future cross. Take the cross today. Rejoice in the Lord with me, regardless of the crosses. Right. Endure the temptation today. Are you an emotional person? Do you get angry? The Lord doesn't ask you to never get angry. He just says, get rid of it today before the sun sets. Right. Ephesians 4.26, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Amen. Isn't that precious? Amen. You know, emotions are volatile. They're pretty powerful. You know what the Lord, the Lord wants us to rule our spirits. But if you get angry, and I hope that it's with a cause... Even if you're angry with a cause, that anger should be done away with this day. I want you to notice in the Word of God how he's telling you how to live. Brethren, I have one job. When Jesus Christ comes, that every one of you stand before him and are perfect. And that I get to stand in the back of the crowd. That'll be fine. That's my job. And there's only one way for him to come and find us. And that's for us to live today. He doesn't care about tomorrow, and I don't care about tomorrow. It's today. Are we, and I can't list all the things that he wants us to do, which are not grievous. And there's not that many of them. But are we doing them today? That's what he's looking for. You young people, remember your creator, Eric, Alex, Daniel, Cassandra, Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Ecclesiastes 12.1. April, remember your creator. Remember God in the days of your youth. There's a verse in the Bible that tells children to live life one day at a time and not to boast about tomorrow, but to remember God today, the days a lot of wisdom in the Bible. Yeah. The days of your youth, not the years. Don't just try to be a good person. Oh, that is so vague, it's ridiculous. That is so hell that is that will not help anyone. I am going to live sold out for Jesus Christ today. I am going to obey God today in every way. You can do it. And there's a verse in the Bible for you. It's Ecclesiastes 12:1. Procrastination is foolish in the natural realm, but it's fatal in the spiritual realm. Don't deal with anything but days. Tell yourself, I am going to be a good father today. I am a good father today. And do it. 
A rich fool thought that he had lots of time. A rich fool said, I've got too much stuff. Wow, life is good. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. But I'm going to have to build some bigger barns to hold all this stuff. And you know what the Lord said to him? Thou fool. Tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose will those things be that you are putting so much happiness, contentment, and security in? Brethren, that's boasting of tomorrow. And the Lord Jesus Christ gave us that story of a man with great success. And we think if we were successful, we'd be more of a Christian. No, the Bible tells us that if we were more successful, it would steal our hearts. That's why the wise man prayed to not be successful, to have food convenient for him in Proverbs chapter 30. Because he said, if I'm too successful, I'm rich, I'll forget you. The more God blessed Israel, the faster they forgot him. That's the rich fool. You know, Agrippa said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Do you know what Paul said? This day, I wish that you were not almost, but altogether as myself. All that hear me this day is what Paul said. He did not say, I hope you'll think about it sometime in the future. He said, this day, I wish that you were not almost, but altogether just like me. The Bible says, teach us to number our days. Brethren, there's a commandment in in Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That is the way you should live, counting your days one by one. Number your days. Do you know how many days you know you've got left? One, today. That's numbering your days. Living today because you've got it. If you get tomorrow, then live it for the Lord. Teach us to number our days. Psalm 90, verse 12, word for word. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We do not know how many we're going to have. We've only got one, and we're to give that to the Lord. If you need to change some things in your life your life because you're too busy, then do it. The Bible says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And we live in more evil days than most have lived. Because the Bible does say, evil seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, description of the perilous times of the last days. Redeeming the time means to buy it back by trading things in for it. Trade things in for it. Simplify your life so that you've got more time to live an uncluttered life day by day for the Lord Jesus Christ, so that when He comes, we're waiting for Him in righteousness and holiness. Do you know what a successful and godly life is? It's a string of successful and godly days. You know, God help us if we get to the end of our lives and we have regrets. Jesus paid for all the regrets, and He's giving us an opportunity, you and me, this day, to to live each day victoriously, gloriously for Him. We can't be caught by surprise. I would love to hear five years from now, one of you say to me with a glowing face in a hospital bed, I thank God for that sermon you preached five years ago. Because in the last five years, as God is my witness, I have lived for Him in every area of my life. And where I failed, he forgave me immediately, and so I have lived perfectly before the Lord. And I do not say that to boast, but I say that to thank you, Pastor. And the pastor's nothing. This is the Word of God. 
buy it back. You know, some, some have said, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Can we apply that to what we've considered this morning? Amen. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Do you, know what a, do you know what kind of a husband you can be for one day? Awesome husband. Do you know what kind of a wife you can be for one day? Do you know what kind of a child you can be for one day? I'm, isn't it exciting? Amen. I can do a lot in a day. You threaten me with very many more days and I get very scared and intimidated. But we can do it for one day. And that's what the Lord is asking from us. Instead of saying later in life or saying today, what have I done with my life? Foolish question. Don't let Satan ask you, what have I done with my life? What are you doing with today? Right. Can't go back. The Lord will forgive everything. Confess it. That wipes out the past. Forget the future because you don't control it and you don't know what's coming tomorrow and he told you not to think about it. So what do we have left? Today. Instead of saying, what have I done with my life? What am I doing with today? Today's the day to start over and seek Jesus Christ. Today's the day to be spiritually minded. Don't wait for some time later, even today. Do it right now and hurry. Don't hesitate. Resist the devil. Learn from this sermon what David meant in Psalm 119 and verse 60. I delayed not to keep thy commandments. I made haste to keep them. Go to the Lord now. Confess any and all of your sins. Beg for him to search you and vow to change whatever is wrong in your life and change it as fast as you can. Get down on your knees, brethren, with me even in our hearts or literally. Let's get down on our knees and beg God to forgive us, to cleanse our heart and to renew our strength. And let's rise to live today completely, entirely, ever, only, all for him. May Jesus Christ be praised.